Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Deadlines. New Hollywood podcast. My name is Dino Ray Ramos, and this is Amanda in the box next to me. (laughs) Uh, Coming to you from afar. Uh, No, not really. I'm actually closer to you. Um, (laughs) From afar. Yeah. Um, But for today, um, we have the star and producer of Netflix's, a new Netflix rom-com, Rachel Lee Cook. And you might know her from some little (laughs) <laughs> 90s <laughs> an iconic um, movie iconic movie yeah but no she was I mean okay we talk about she's all that all the time and like she's obviously somebody who you know is iconic and she was in that movie and it's still something that we still watch um till this day we yeah talking about that too like we still watch that movie to this day but but yeah yeah, me and Amanda were nervous to see because we're both fans of the movie. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we're just, we will just talk about that movie all day. <laughs> but she, and I, I was just so happy she was open to talk about it. Like, yeah, she was very what, lovely. What she went with that. Um, but anyway, she has the, the movie that she has now is called Love Guaranteed. It's with Damon Wayne's uh, um, uh, Junior. Junior. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I see the JR, but I'm not saying it. Um, Damon, it's a very interesting concept. It's one of those things where I mean, I don't, I like, you know, this this guy. It's one of the we call it a loophole, uh, a loop, loophole lawsuit. Loophole, about, yeah, yeah. But about this guy who goes after a dating company for its guarantee of love and him not finding love, um, and then Rachel plays his lawyer. So very interesting, very feel good. Like I, I always say, like I love me a good feel good movie sometimes on Friday night to sit, sit back with my mm-hmm. with my wine and chill and chillax. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I think looking chill. Yeah, and we do go into that about this stigma with feel good movies because and then like Rachel even talks about how she was in Hallmark movies and you know she was scared about you know mm-hmm. what that would do to her image and i think i think i just don't think Rachel you know gets the love she deserves and yeah. i'm glad we had her on yeah. and she she loved us so. <laughs> No, she was great. We, I mean, we left her. Her movie comes out on. Well, I guess it's going to be already out by the time we record. The, uh, by the time, yeah. It's because it, it, it's so. It's available now. Yeah, it's available <laughs> now. Yeah. On your streamer, on the Netflix streamer. It's available on Netflix DVD. Make sure you send in your old DVD, and then you'll get it. You gotta mail it back. <laughs> Those days, guys. Can you imagine? Um, but anyways, uh, so, did you have something? 
Oh, no, I was just oh, going to keep on going about the, the mail and Netflix stuff. Because... Okay. okay, so before you do that, here is Rachel. Hello, everyone, and hello, Rachel Lee Cook to the New Hollywood Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel so honored to be invited to something called New Hollywood. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the like that's the long. that's the thing about our our podcast is like Ooh. oh we called it new Hollywood because it's kind of more of like the new landscape of Hollywood rather yes. than um uh, like, you know like, like up and comers yeah or, yeah, well, yeah you know Rachel Lee Cook's an up and comer <laughs> <laughs> you know she's done a couple of small movies here <laughs> so some small little projects um, here and there. But speaking of speaking of projects, Rachel, that was yes. a really good transition. Yeah, it was. I <laughs> <laughs> just say the word projects. But, yeah. but speaking of projects, obviously you've done some very memorable projects uh, throughout your career. There's a lot we can name. Obviously, she's all that is on top of a lot of people's minds. But I want to ask you, like, where did this all begin for you? Because I know you started young. You started in this business really young. But was this something that you always wanted to do, or did you sort of stumble upon it, or get discovered, or what was your path? I, it, one of my, one of my worst moments in every interview is when someone asks me that question. So <laughs> hello, really okay. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so just, I wish that I had that. Like I was working at a diner and someone was like, you should be in movies, but <laughs> you know, Don't was, <laughs> I know. Right. Well, yeah. you're very beautiful. And obviously you do work in movies. So like, that could have been. Oh, <laughs> but um, no, I was just, when I was a kid, I was a print model because I, I don't even really know how that happened. I think, <laughs> I think at a young age, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I think I was probably like nine or 10. And I was like, what if mom and dad's friends are right? And I am adorable. Like, we need to. <laughs> We gotta get this out there, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> I sort of told them that I wanted to do that, and then from there, like a logical transition seemed like doing theater. But I was not like great at singing or dancing, which is all of what acting seems like mm. when you're very young. And so I didn't really get it. But then um, we had this tradition of reading the Sunday paper together as a family, and like the. Mm obviously slightly weird kid that I was, I would read the classified job wanted like uh, section for like actors models because I was convinced I was going to be a model because of course I was in the Target ads that time. Oh, Target. So, <laughs> I know, right? Target. Oh, yeah, I'm so proud of that. Like, we all love this moment. And I saw an ad for a, a short film and uh, like auditions mm. and I went and still to this day, I think maybe I just got the parts no one else showed up, but <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. No, correct me if I'm wrong. I read somewhere that you were not a, you're not a trained actor. Like you never went to, to class. Yeah. Did you just do the classes or, or you're just, when you say that, did you just mean you didn't like get a degree in it or is that what that means? <laughs> I mean, all of those things. Oh. <laughs> 
my gosh. No, that's really good. I like to hear that because it's sometimes, especially like, like, you know, especially for women and people of color, our journeys to get to Hollywood is hard, are a little bit harder. And we usually have to go the conventional route. And I love the fact that your story is, you know, I wasn't a classically trained actor, but I still went out and I auditioned. You probably did the work yourself and, and, and look at you now, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> from you. And by the way, your name is everywhere. Everyone knows who you are. I feel so fancy that you just said that. Like, I, I received that. Thank Everyone you. Everyone knows who you are, Rachel. Good thing no, I know. You said that. It's fine. I'm not nervous at all. But, like, I, I did have teachers. I had, I, I had a lot of acting coaches. Um, I think I did kind of book my first feature, The Babysitter's Club, which was, incidentally, my favorite. Yes. Book. Yes. So weird. So we weird. love The Babysitter's Club here, too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like I booked that almost by accident. And I remember, uh, I mean, it, it seemed kind of like a fluke to me. The pool is very small when you're that young. Mm-hmm. And our director, Melanie Mayron, who's just one of those candid, amazing humans, I remember her sort of leveling with me and saying, I think you can do this. You got work to do, but <laughs> you can do this, you know? And, Wait, have- uh, she was right, and I guess she was right. I have to ask, have you seen the new one on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I am dying to have this bonding moment with my daughter where we watch it together. <laughs> and she is just, she's she's gotten her mother's stubbornness about watching what she wants to watch. And she would oh. watch anything that's not animated. So she's kind of killing me right now. <laughs> so I'm trying to give her, like, I'm trying to, Look, it's you know it's self quarantined, so like she'll yeah. think of all other programming pretty soon, and she'll come around. I'm working yeah, on yeah. her. Well, maybe you should be all, I don't want to watch it. Can you use some reverse psychology <laughs> and see if she, and it's like all, cause you know, you don't, you never really want to do anything yes. your parents want to do. Like it's so yeah, uncool. You know, that's so true. Yeah. And if you say, if you say, oh, I don't want to watch it. She'll be all, I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll be all, okay, fine. I can even really hard play it. What if I'm like, I don't think that's for kids. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Because kind of the scarcity of yeah. it will draw her in. There yeah. you go. We got a plan. You're going to have a whole, and then you're going to watch your movie, the original one you were in. Oh, yeah. And then have a whole, make, make a whole thing. They should be like a babysitter's con or something, like to where we can just <laughs> revisit all the books. <laughs> Yes, we'll get the girls from the original Canadian series. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah, so true, so true, so true. Yeah. Um. So obviously, like I, like I mentioned before, like like I don't know if this you get tired of talking about it, and I apologize if you do, but no. she thought that was like some like something that she, like like informed my 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 adolescence, and I I continue to still watch it till this day. But like it's it never it has never gotten old to me. Um. Yeah. And and whenever it's on cable or if it's on HBO or anything, I'll I'll be all okay. I'm gonna sit down and watch it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I feel like Lainey, uh, in a lot of ways, wasn't like the typical like girl gets mo- like it was like I think she sort of came out she came out with something that was different, and I feel like your character sort of stood out as different than the rest of the. I mean, there was a lot of the teen movies that had the popular girls and like you know that sort of uh, narrative, but I felt like your character, I don't know, she was a little it was a little like she was different from the rest. Not not because you know. I guess I don't know if you call her nerdy or whatever you want to call her artsy, artsy, whatever. But I I still something about her like just sort of stood out. The character, 
Um, why do you feel like so many people connected to to her and to that story? Like, why do you feel like that story? But did you feel like that story sort of subverted the typical trope of like a teen, uh, a teen rom uh, rom com? I would I would love to think so. I think mm. you're allowed to say that, and I'm not because I was in it. <laughs> mm. Um, I I wish with everything that I am that everything you're saying is believed by everyone because that would be yeah. horrible. Um, I think if it resonated with people on just a really basic level, if I had to credit it with anything, it really just matched where I was at mm. in an emotional and like, you know, just psychological headspace at that point. I think I did feel like a classic teenager who knows everything and wants to just sort of like, you know, judge what who people are from by their station or their outfit or what what have you. I think, you know, I think I was very kind of know-it-all-ish in that time. If, if I, God help me look back on interviews, I think I thought I was very smart and I was just such a dumb <laughs> We all did. We all had a verbal. <laughs> Thank you. It was that, um, it's that whole idealistic, you're like, oh, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, like, great instincts. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah. I think you're right. Like I wasn't as judgmental of, you know, like the quote unquote popular kids as mm. you know, she would have been, but I think I definitely felt like a quasi outsider trying to make my way in Hollywood. And so if that translated into the role, um, you know, that's cool. But I just, uh, I don't know. I, I it, it still blows my mind to this day that that but we're talking about a movie that felt like it was just going to be a small yeah. movie until Merrimax got on board. Yeah, I, it was like I said. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. It's it's a classic. Like there's no there's no doubt about it. Um, when when did you know, or when did you have a feeling that it was going to have such an impact? Um, I remember even though it was far from the like first movie I had made, it was the first one that anyone gave any credence to. Mm. so the fact that it made a lot of money people brought to my attention that that was a big deal I had mm. never really given box office much of a thought one way or another you're not talked to about the business aspect of film when you're young in the industry mm. and all I knew is the after effects that I felt of that that box office and they were all very positive positive. Mm. and um, when I went on to do things that did not perform well I knew about those effects um, mm. as, as well. Mm. So yeah, it, it's strange to, you know, have to view, I, don't, I feel always self-conscious about using the word art, but art through the lens of commerce, but it's, but it's very real. Mm. It is, it is. It, how do you, you know, Lainey is, is it, it is so interesting like what Amanda was saying because when I was watching it, you know, we always have, you know, there, there's this trope, of course, but it always works about, you know, the the girl in the margins who falls for the popular guy. And, and, and you know, that that's like this ongoing thing since the beginning of time. <laughs> but also, you know, but again, like what Amanda was saying, Lainey was just so different. And then there was this so something certain about her and, and, and she was confident in herself, but also vulnerable. There was this mix, mm. nuance, as it were. Thank you. <laughs> that means a lot to me, you guys. Well, no, I think because, like, I mean, I think she's all that. I think was a, a moment in in, in a kind of teen, and, and it was during that time of like, I may be wrong with my timing, but you know, there was this like deluge of teen rom coms 
slasher movies. Mm. I love that era. I lived for (laughs) that era. Me too. It was a better time, you guys. We know. Yeah. Yeah. And I have all, I have all like, I have Can't Hardly Wait. I have that on DVD and I have that (laughs) on VHS. I have the Scream trilogy on VHS. (laughs) <laughs> on VHS, I want to see your VHS collection. Wow. Can you take yeah. me to it? <laughs> oh, I, I, I could get, I could get, it's in the other room. We'll, we'll, I we'll, 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 that that might be worth a lot of money one day. Ah. <laughs> I, I love tangible media. Um, but no, with, with the char- how would you think a character like Lainey would be received today? <laughs> or how, how do you think Lainey would receive, not a character like, but Lainey herself? Oh my gosh. Uh, she would live outside Portland because Portland's too trendy. Mm. <laughs> we'd probably have an Etsy shop full of terrible things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, would be, you know, I, I don't know, probably doing her part to hopefully make the world a, a better place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you I'm think? Do you think? I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that like audiences, like let's say, you know. How, how do you think this, like if she was, if you were of the generation today and Lainey came out exactly how she is, mm-hmm. do you think, how do you think the audiences would react like this generation? I think, I think where her attitude and mindset were kind of coming from would actually translate now. The most unfortunate thing about you know, the times that we're living in, in a general sense, is that we're people who don't change our minds very often about anything. Yeah. Mm. And she's de- she definitely starts the movie in that in that headspace. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. maybe, maybe it could translate in that sense. I, I also think that she maybe like, I think, like, now that I'm thinking about it, she could have been a character ahead of her time in this interesting way. Thank you. but now you know after she's all that you mentioned the box office numbers which is very you know kind of numbery like very business side of things but after she's all that how did that impact your career and how did that influence what you would do next where you wanted your career to go and just how did that begin to sculpt where you are now to to where you are right now you probably won't get comfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's a very big question. I know. We ask the hard questions here. Oh, guys. God, how am I going to answer this? Um, how did that commercial success translate into my, my choices thereafter? Mm. Dot, 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 20 years, dot, 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 today. All right. <laughs> um, we'll sit down. Uh, let me think. It being, she's all that being financially uh, profitable afforded me a ton of opportunities. Mm. And what I did with those opportunities is I handled them in a way that only, only someone who's basically a teenager can, which is I took the most, what I perceived to be interesting roles that I could get. I took my perceived marketability and I translated it into the most interesting roles that I could be cast in um, at that time when independent film was really thriving. And so to me, that was where my uh, my focus sort of leaned. I was not concerned with how can I be in another movie that makes money. And people, I think, did try to sort of steer me that way, but there's no foolproof, you know, sort mm. of 
uh, equation for doing that either. Yeah. So, you know, my efforts in those directions were often met with little or no, uh, you know, what, what could you say? Like <laughs> a plum or right. a <laughs> you know, windfall after. So I think that I was just sort of following my nose and, you know, looking for the most interesting opportunities or the best locations to shoot in or the coolest people to work with. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a big, you know, sort of a, a big picture vision for what I wanted for mm -hmm. my life and my career at all, to be honest with you. When would you say that you were able to really take control? I know you've been producing um, lately producing uh films um and then you obviously you have the, the netflix uh movie but when did you before we get to love Garen, uh, love yes Garen, which is such a great content oh, we won't yeah. talk about it sorry Thank you, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna dive into that but when did you feel like you really you were really in control was it after she saw that because of the success or was it more so down the line how 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 Am I ever gonna really feel in control? Like, can you please mm -hmm. tell me when that's gonna happen? <laughs> or any of us? <laughs> okay. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, when did you feel like, like, when did you feel like you wanted to take control? I, I do know. Yes, I do okay. know what you mean. Okay. Um, I would say it, it found it found me in a roundabout mm -hmm. way. I wasn't able to. I, I was not getting straight offers very often on things that really struck my fancy or were of ter or were of terrific quality to be completely honest and there was enough sort of stigma against my perceived um you know sort of i don't know like uh, repertoire or what have you to not be able to sort of go into rooms and sort of make people think differently about me it was it felt like a very sort of limiting time. And I would say it was when I decided to take a movie for the Hallmark Channel that things started to change. I've always loved romantic comedy and I hadn't been enthusiastic about working for that channel because I sort of saw it as, um, it, I thought the people would think of me as even more soft hole than the way that they already did. You know, the being in the feel good space, I felt like was what had created some stigma around my name. I was keeping me from having all of the opportunities that I wanted. So I was hesitant about revisiting that pool. But then I took this Hallmark movie and it was a great experience. And the crews there are, in, are they're either incredibly young, uh, it's their, you know, probably first to fifth year of even being in a business or they're incredibly experienced. You know, your DP will be like a hundred, like mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> you know, it's either end of the spectrum and it's amazing to be around and it's very empowering. Mm -hmm. And homework really trusts people to sort of, you know, uh, be able to adjust on the fly. They don't micromanage. And so I had a lot of, you know, creative say and personal freedom and it really made me want to do business with them some more and to create more feel good content. And that was years ago. And I've, ever since returning to the, what I keep calling the feel good space, yeah. I've felt more and more empowered because it's been really validating because I think, and I don't do things because people want me to, but I think that it's, I think people are okay with me being there, question mark. <laughs> and I think it's because it resonates. It's, it's where my personal frequency sort of hums the loudest, if you will. And yeah. so like, I don't know if this was a like 
remember that old book? Well, none of us do. We weren't old enough. But that, like, what color is your parachute book? Like, if you just uh, look at everything that you are and you just sort of, like, lay it out, it just makes all the sense in the world that mm -hmm. that's sort of where I landed. Mm -hmm. And those, those are, I mean, feel goods are also needed. Like, I like to, like to put on a feel good movie sometimes on Friday night, like, have my wine and just, like, chill. Um, so those are very, oh, those, are very yeah. those are very needed. Um, so love guaranteed. Let's talk about that. Yes. Um, spill all the tea. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so how did this sort of come to? You? And it, it was based on a, a case related to a beer company, right? That's what that's what inspired it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I'm a little bit older than you guys, but I remembered this. Um, there's this advertising slogan from Coors Beer. It was like Coors, tap the Rockies, Rocky Mountain spring water. Apparently, and I heard this from a friend of the family. I don't know if they were involved in the lawsuit in some way, but someone sued court because after a while they were not using it, but they're continuing the advertising. Mm. It's it's a loophole lawsuit. It's a gotcha lawsuit. It is what it is. And I just thought that's so intriguing to me. And whenever you follow your interests and then you just try to extrapolate like where you could include some of your other interests and then you just sort of like put them all in a cup, shake it around, throw it, see what's there. Um, I just thought, well, I love romantic comedy. There has to be a lawyer, mm. dating website. We're gonna guarantee love. I, I was kind of channeling like that moment in Punch Drunk Love where he mm. like finds the loophole and buys all the pudding. Mm. I was just like, oh, this would be a cool angle if a website, if a dating website was foolish enough to guarantee that you will meet the, the one if you go on the requisite number of dates. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, it's just more satisfying viewing to have the male character, you know, to avoid mm. the tropes yeah. of the sad female. I love there. that part. Yeah. No, yeah, I love that. That, 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 split, that sort of flip. Be the one place in the lawsuit. And I was kind of concerned initially because I thought, did I just give away the good part in the movie? That's not great. Uh-oh, what am I going to do? And that's where our writers completely, you know, save the day and are truly the stars of this piece. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I do like what you said about the stigma about feel good because you know there's feel good it's makes you feel good <laughs> and then there's like and there's like a stigma there where it's like oh that's too corny or that's too whatever it's like oh but that's what yeah. it's supposed to be you know and that's what kind of i think corniness as corny as it is corniness makes me feel happy it puts a smile <laughs> on my face um yeah. but with with you know i love how you're like into the rom-com genre and but the rom-com genre also has been going under renovations lately people are trying mm. to figure out As how do we kind of yeah how could we transition this into something cool for these audiences but how do you think love guarantee balances that line of paying homage to classic rom-com the classic rom-com formula but also has this great appeal to modern I guess millennials, uh, Gen yeah. Zs, yeah. like uh, modern audiences. Yeah. Well, I well, first of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I think that we really hit on something great in the sense that, and Mark is responsible, our director, for the execution having the classic feel that it does, and that's where we ended up at a really wonderful axis of having a classic feel rom com with a modern twist, quite mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. of it being about online dating online, yeah. Yeah. so how did he do that how did we do that yeah 
it's baked into the don't you love how everyone says baked in now kill me because <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone is baking like everyone is literally baking I, like, I swore i would not be the what you guys we should go through all the tropes later of all of the character development I, um, <laughs> but it's just part of it it's it's intrinsic to the concept you know? yeah so, so we're lucky in that sense um yeah. you know there are things mark did in terms of the execution that that helped tremendously giving it a a fall setting he really wanted us to do everything we could to be compared to when harry met sally which is a terrible mistake mm -hmm. because why would you want to be put up against one of the greats but fine mark here we go <laughs> and, um you know there are things that you can do in in that way i'm i think I, I hate like trying to look at who I am from an outside perspective, but I'm aware that people, if acquainted with me, know me from the genre. And Damon Wayans Jr. being from, yeah. you know, such great romantic, you know, sort of themed pieces as like New Girl and Happy Together and all of these things. He's, uh, yeah, he's he, he knows how to swoon when he needs like, <laughs> smaller rather when he needs. Uh, yeah, needs, so he knows yeah. what he's doing. No, I, I think yeah, I, I just think. It does. It just. I, I, when I was watching it, I, I was a. Uh, I was um. I aming Amanda, and I was all. This is so giving me like early two thousand, late nineties energy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Thank just you, like, yeah. but yeah, but I was, just, and then I was all. But at the same time, I feel like it's of the now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, I think the online dating aspect, especially, obviously, it's like really, really popular right now. But it's also like one of the worst. I, I was just watching a twenty twenty <laughs> special on online. <laughs> <laughs> literally like a couple of weeks ago and i was just like oh my like i've i i tried it for like a month and i never got back on it um, why not what happened <laughs> i just i just wasn't meeting like i it would be it would be the somebody would chat me or they would you know swipe right and say hey what's up and then you'll respond back and most of the time like they wouldn't respond back or like you'll have like a couple of banter back and forth but then you never hear from them that um, happened to me so many yeah. times this one guy i talked to for like i was I was just about to leave town when we started, we started chatting and then I was away filming. We were sort of messaging each other like every day and then just fully ghosted me. I'm like, yes. I know your last name. Happened all <laughs> the time. And the one guy that I actually met up with, we actually became really good. It wasn't even like a date. Really? We just became really, and he's still my friend, but oh, it cool. was just like, I've never, I never had a connection. Um, so I wanted to ask you before we, what is your, do you have like a, a um well one one question is did you did you have to did you get on dating sites to research for this movie yeah. <laughs> okay. and then I'm i have a follow, then i have a follow up because i was mortified that i dragged you down that rabbit hole of my <laughs> romantic failings i have, I have <laughs> a follow-up but did was that something that you guys did for research yeah heather and i i had a i had a dating app profile that i was too scared to after being kind of build on this guy. I was too scared to like pick anyone and possibly like get into another quasi thing. Mm -hmm. Um but Heather and I loved you know seeing which which of us found which person appealing and why. Mm -hmm. We had very opposite tastes and mm -hmm. that was just kind of fascinating because you know on paper we have a lot in common. 
Mm-hmm. And then my follow-up is, do you have any horror dating stories? Uh, <laughs> from, from, what would you say the worst experience you've had? I mean, other than that person that ghosted you. Would you uh, say that's the worst experience that you've had? You first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I bet, I mean, I, like, I, like I said, my whole, I've only, I was only on there for a month. It was, okay. it was mostly people who would either pr- want sex, because it was, I think it was Tinder. So mm-hmm. it would, it right. would be, everyone wants sex on these proposition apps. Proposition <laughs> me for sex, or just never. So I never actually, I, I, sh- I never really utilized it as, as maybe I should have given it more of a chance. But my just that first month, it was just such a bad experience. It's like, why, why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so interesting because I think women have it. Like, I'm not saying women have it harder, but I think it's more difficult for women. And I think like in the gay community, it's so. Well, now it's different because there's a pandemic, but you know, obviously there are dating apps, which we all know it's not for dating, you know, it's for the other thing. But then it's like, even like I'm on Tinder and I'm on, I'm still on those things. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why I'm paying for it. It's not like I'm meeting you anyone right have now. You pay for it. Look how cute you are. Oh my God. Do you know anyone? You. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is it's just, it's so... I think dating apps just gives, I always say this, it gives more opportunity for rejection. And yes, it's, thank you. It's, it, and it's, it's so heartbreaking. It's like, there was, you know, uh, you know, one guy I was dating uh, who uh, was a, a flight, <laughs> Amanda knows this, because oh, the yeah. flight attendant guy. <laughs> and, and then he was like, and then, you know, we had a, you know, we, we were like dating and then like all of a sudden he fell off. And then, and then he was just like, and then I was like, what, what's going on? And he finally texted back and he was oh. like, oh, look at me just spilling all my, airing all my laundry to our I'm listeners. Listening. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he, he was better just, be dead. <laughs> no, he, no, he was, and then I was, and then he finally responded and he was like, oh, sorry, I haven't been around. You know, I just need time to myself. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Go on Instagram. <gasps> He posts a picture of him and another guy saying, isn't it so great when you find someone you really connect with? And I was like, what? No. Yeah. That's I don't have a bad um, online experience, but I do have a bad dating experience that I, I will share because I really want, I want Rachel yes, to hear yes. too. <laughs> but <laughs> this was like, this was like when I was in high school, this was a high school, this guy that I was dating, like, no, 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 not high school. I think it was like in, in college actually. Yeah. It was in college or maybe after. But anyways, this guy I was dating, he was like, like, um, you know, it was just like we had gone on a couple of dates, not nothing to that we're, we should be so comfortable with each other and not try. So he had invited me over to his house. I'm like, okay, cool. We can like watch movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I get to his house and he had said sushi. He said, I'm going to get sushi. Do you want to come over and watch a movie? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I get to his house. Uh-oh. The sushi's all finished. <laughs> when I get when I get there and then and then and then he's wearing like clothes that he just worked out in like he actually smelled like he just you could tell he just worked out he was wearing his workout clothes and then I was like oh the suit she's like yeah I didn't I you know I, I waited for you it wasn't even that long like he lived kind of far so it took me like 30 minutes to drive to his house so I was like you waited for me for 30 minutes but anyways and then and then we go to Starbucks to like I'm like I'm starving let's go to Starbucks I'm thinking that we're gonna get food we go to Starbucks and I'm like First of all, I'm paying for my meal. And then he just like, grabs like two things off the shelf and then just, just puts it down for me to add to my bill. I was like, trash. And then we got to his house and he's like, why are you sitting? Hold oh, on, no, sorry. <laughs> I can tell you eight instances in this story where you've been way too good of a sport. At this point, I mean, it's like, I have a story. 
I'm in it for the story. I, I mean, like, you already drove that far. You might yeah. as well kind I'm like, of I'm, follow I'm, I'm through. I'm going to watch the movie at least. And the fact that you, you had the audacity. You are better than me, though. Why I would have left. I mean, I didn't talk to him after that. Like, that was it. That was the last strike. But I was like, how do you not think that what you're doing is, is a turnoff right now? Like, you ate the food that you invited me over to eat. <laughs> like, how, okay. Even just like, he ate, he ordered so little I guess, sushi I, that he could eat yours too so yeah. like, i have a problem with his ordering skills yeah his unless he was like all and unless he said oh i'm ordering sushi yeah and, no he but, did but then he said i'm ordering did he say ordering like, sushi for us would well, he say ordering <laughs> for us or hey, ordering sushi semantics it's all about this no no i was gonna say like he was he was probably expecting you to go there and then order your own <laughs> I mean, then say that. I don't know. Anyway, that's my story. What's yours? Yeah, you have to be online. Just a bad dating experience. That guy sucks. I hope he's watching this. You suck. I know. Oh, he knows. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say I have like a terrible, terrible one. I just I was somebody who would just sort of like go out with someone twice and we would get along and I'd be like, I guess you're my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> like I was that psycho, but I was apparently right most of the time. Um, and that was my younger life. I had a, I had a uh, brief but prolific dating history before I got married, did my share of uh, what I like to call fishing off company pier. Um, where else are you going to meet anybody? Okay, I'm sorry. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes um, sense. But in terms of like disaster dates, I'd say I only have one super bizarre one, which is that I remember meeting this guy who was a director at Sundance just at, at a party. We didn't even have mutual friends per se, but he was nice, about my age. We chatted, and then he said, Well, we should catch up in LA. And I said, Sure, because I was told to go to Sundance and network, and he seemed cool, and it seemed like what you're supposed to do. And <laughs> I just remember we met up for lunch, and the whole time I had no clue if we were on a meeting or a date. Oh, those kind of things. Oh, yes. Why didn't someone warn that. me that that was a thing? I hate that. That's a thing. Well, especially yeah. in this industry, right? Yes. It, yes. It, it, like, not just like with actors and filmmakers, but even beyond like PR people, agents, managers, oh, and time. journalists. It's, the the whole ecosystem. Blurred. Yeah, the yeah. line is very blurred. Like, you never know. Like, is this, are we supposed to be doing this? Like, are, are, we, are, we <laughs> are, are you this? giving. It's like, are you giving me a scoop or are you giving me a scoop? I do want to ask about, you know, you are um, uh, you are producer uh, of Love Guaranteed. And yeah. Yeah. so like as a and you've done producing work before, but now as a producer, you're in this like platform to provide, you know, do you have do you feel this kind of responsibility, this this need to provide opportunities to tell authentic, more authentic stories from narratives of women, people of color and underserved communities as this, as you see this landscape is changing. Like, so yeah. like, are people you aiming to do that now? Yes. Yeah, people 100% need to be on the right side of history and mm -hmm. accurately, you know, tell the stories of people from every single background. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be able to say that there's an underrepresented group. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. How, how do I do that? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a producer in a in a concept sense, and unfortunately, I have this extreme bias towards casting myself. <laughs> that's fine. That. That's that's fine because we're. But as much as group. I can, yeah. But as much as I can, absolutely create a more positive narrative. You know that will. I, I don't know that will advance. Mm. You guys, I don't know how to. Do the speak about this stuff. No, I think yeah. I, I think I get what you're saying because the words are inclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we need a tremendous degree of more diversity, and yeah, uh, yeah I absolutely want to help be a, a champion. Of well, I think what what I notice is that you know I'm not trying to throw shade or anything, but it's like I think there's with especially with again with women there's there's a certain part uh, like I guess like a a benchmark where like they become they come reach a certain age or and then like Hollywood is done with them right yeah the word um, and then, definitely comes first and yeah I and then it's a really I, young age yeah oh my gosh yeah I was I was starting out thought to myself how long till I'm mom when did yeah. that but you know, and then we we see like these people, you know, like from all these classic movies that we grew up with, that we loved, that we adored, and like Hollywood isn't paying attention to them anymore. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that you know this movie's coming out, and like we saw Heather Graham again, and I was, and then, and I was just, and then she's playing this wonderful role, this very Derek Goopy role. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's what I also see as another kind of form of like, oh, hey, reaching back to these icons who were really amazing that Hollywood, like, pretty much kind of disposed of or forgot about. And I think people like Ryan Murphy does that, you know, with like these women, these wonderful women who, yeah. you know, we, they get Oscar nominations, they get Emmy nominations, and then all of a sudden they're not of use because they are over 30 or, yeah. dare I say, over 21. <laughs> Rachel, can I ask though, are you are you optimistic with, with everything that's going on with like the Me Too movement, with, with the racial injustice conversations, with people like actually speaking out and calling people out about, you know, being inappropriate behavior and all that stuff. Do you feel like this is actually gonna bring meaningful change? Like do you see that happening or do you see this more more of, of a moment? Because we've lived these sort of moments in Hollywood where something happens. There's out. There's 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 an outcry. There's maybe something, maybe a um a temporary solution, and then sort of things sort of like revert back to what they used to be. But do you do you feel like this time is different? Um, this one hundred percent feels different to me. I'm not sure about you, but I I wouldn't call. You know, I'd say at least what has it been two and a half years since you know since the beginning of Me Too? If I had to guess, I, I don't I don't consider that a moment. Mm, it feels yeah. very lasting to me. It, it feels like a conversation that's been deeply resonant with too many people for it to go away. I feel so much more optimistic about the world that my kids are walking into. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, and uh, I, I, I need to hope with everything that I am that that optimism is founded. And I need first and foremost to try to be a contributing force. Yeah. I think we all, I mean, that's what we all sort of want to do, um, yeah. do our own part. To make this whole thing better um but before we wrap what's next for you what can you talk about any any upcoming uh projects that, that you can tell us about yes 
Um, that we could break wait. on deadline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Louisa, what did you say? What am I working on next? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna yeah. go make. Uh, I'm gonna go make a Christmas movie. Mm. And I just had this weird idea for a vigilante story about someone who hunts down someone who ate all of their sushi and <laughs> or hunts down guys oh, that don't yeah. know how to date. And I don't know. That's like ninety percent of them. I would say ninety-eight <laughs> percent. Do you do you have something that you haven't done that you're you're like you're itching to do? I um okay. If you pretend like you are the universe and I'm just like speaking into a crystal ball. Yeah, speak it, speak it. You guys, I'm obsessed with sports movies. Mm. I just want to be in a sports movie. I don't know what it is. I'm obsessed like with a, Olympics. Like I'm a biopic? Personal stakes. Yeah, yeah, I like you know, that. I can't I like be that. the athlete because hello, but <laughs> it's- Like you could be the manager. <laughs> or I will be such a great manager. I will manage all of. Or the managers. are the coach, the coach, the like, coach. Like, coach, Ooh. like yeah. <laughs> I like love being like an up speech. Come on, that's got to be a like thing. a like an uplifting sports movie. Like oh my god, I just had an idea. <gasps> what if they, Tell me. What if they what if they remade Wildcats starring Goldie Hawn and you are in Goldie Hawn's position? Do you have you seen Wildcats? I don't think I have, but I know what it is, right? She yeah, like, takes over the team. She's the coach mm -hmm. now. <gasps> yeah, she's the coach of a male football team. Or Eddie. Eddie. Have y'all seen Eddie? Eddie with, <laughs> with Whoopi Goldberg? Uh, I said we. Uh, uh, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> oh my God. I thought you meant Eddie the Eagle. No. no oh, no, no. Whoopi. Whoopi. No, You guys, you're helping me so much right now. Yes, let's throw it out there. We make things happen. Yeah, throw it out there. <laughs> we make I things happen this. here. I love this so much. <laughs>
<laughs> so like I think that that trope uh would work for this yeah, kind of like yeah. a can't buy me love kind of moment yes I Mine love that movie. movie again. That was Ooh, good. Can't buy me love. That's a good. Yeah, love I love that. Oh, I I so picture a re a, a, a seat like a kind of like a spirit, not a spiritual, like a straight up sequel where Lainey's son, you know, is going through some shit and like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like the most popular girl or or even guy in high school is like, oh yeah. hey. We're oh gonna make God, a deal. Can you imagine I feel like I'm watching the movie right now. Can you imagine <laughs> doing a remake, like a '90s rom-com remake, with like for, with an LGBTQ theme? Like the, the oh, two, that would be good. The two main that's characters. Like, that's how they should do that's, that. Yeah, that's a. That's goal. how yeah. you take. That's exactly what. what yeah. That's the way you do things. You tell yeah. people mm. classic stories with not quite. That's why Love Simon works so beautifully. Yeah, mm. yeah. You love, know, love Simon. No, that it balances everything. Yeah, like, yes. I, I, it takes so the classic feel that we're all like programmed to, you know, love and enjoy, and it makes exactly. it more quote unquote user friendly too. So yeah. we do have a lot. Like I hope. Yeah. This will be all on record. So when you go into rooms with like people who can make movies, you could yes. you could just put me and Amanda, give us producer credits. And <laughs> yes. We'll write the whole damn movie. <laughs> um, so you are connected with so many iconic franchises. You were in Dawson's Creek, Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> babysitters club and even on the video game side of things you're in the star wars universe you're in the final fantasy gaming world is there a pop culture franchise that you would love to be a part of oh my gosh why didn't you guys send me pre-interview like so good gotcha journalism answers for you mm -hmm. um and it feels so like you need to be like yeah in the riverdale family as well i'm like how did this happen <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just I got to play Becky Thatcher. I'm like, but I have a I have a theory now that just happened. I'm worried and concerned that I'm right. I think I just have a generic enough quality that it just transfers to all of <laughs> <laughs> But um, you have I, no, I think it's good because it shows your versatility. Let's go and like that. but yeah. <laughs> I could be part of any any franchise like yeah. pop culture like the marvel dc like all these like big franchises that are okay so i was gonna say nba but not, <laughs> well you could be that could be a franchise too you could you want to be an nba player <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i'm right, telling my kids um no but like i don't i don't know i'm trying to think I, I mean, you pretty much are like in, uh, in like all these like like Star Wars. You can't get better than that. And, oh, those and, are uh, cool. Fine. Those are super cool video games. Yeah. I don't want to act like I'm in the movies. You know what I mean, like no, but it's but it's still is that it's still like canon or legend? Yeah, yeah. Because like the uh, the difference between canon and legend is canon is apparently after Dis uh, uh, Disney bought Lucasfilm. Ooh. Legend is before Disney, like. So there's like a whole thing. Yeah, I may be wrong, and like you the, the right. Star Wars fans. He, he, I was gonna say Dino would know though, because he's in that he's in that world. <laughs> I'm like very nerdy. I'm like so. I have no idea what you're. It's canon. Like I have no idea what you're talking. About. <laughs> right. I know that's kind of your own question. Yeah, I'm, I've yeah. been here numerous times that I don't watch Star yeah. Wars. 
but I should maybe. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I, will ask, I will ask Seth Green next time I see him. He'll tell me. And oh yeah, you're also part of the, the robot chicken world oh, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. which is dope. Jeez. So you're like you're in all of it. Let's just say you're in all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Rachel, who was your, let's say, like, who was your teen celebrity crush? Easy. Michael Stipe. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Is Very, it? It didn't really work out, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. it's, it's one of those, it's like, I know that Ooh. girl. Who, yeah. Who, yeah. Who had that a crush poster where you had that star t-shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by my answer. Yeah. Mine was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I used to love <laughs> I was obsessed with him. He, you guys remember uh, that movie? Adorable. There was a, what was a movie called that he did? Was it with the and even with dad? Is that the one? <laughs> I don't remember. Why don't we just mention all the Jonathan Taylor Thomas movies? <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, he was. Lion King? Lion. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. you're going to win this game. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Wait, what was the movie? Do you remember? Yeah. I don't remember, honestly. I have to look it up. I feel like he, he had a monkey, though. Like, I feel like it, there was a monkey. <laughs> a monkey. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie, but I just, I'm, I'm picturing, like, the poster, and I feel like there was a monkey somewhere. And that was the one that hooked you? That's where you're, I think, I think it was, like, one of his earliest movies. I, I think it was just when he started, he was starting, no, what hooked me was Home Improvement. Like, okay. when I, course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just remember seeing that, and I was just like, oh, gosh, this guy is gorgeous. It's dreamy. It's dreamy. <laughs> he was um, bizarrely <laughs> smart. It was crazy. I remember walking into like our school trailer one day when we were filming Tom and Huck. No two more opposite humans, by the way, than him and Brad Renfro, but that's the sidebar. And I remember overhearing Jonathan talk about idealistically, of course he was, you know, a Democrat, but it barely made sense in his tax bracket. He said the words tax bracket. <laughs> Wait, how old was he at the time? He was 12. 12 and talking about tax brackets. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, yeah. Oh yeah, I did. There was, I'm, I'm gonna, that movie's gonna bother me, but yeah, well, there, yeah, Tom and Huck too. We'll figure it out. Um, I'm concerned that my brother who's thinking of somebody now else. on it that just says Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Monkey. Like, what? Maybe, maybe <laughs> thinking of another movie poster that wasn't him, but I do, I, I, I remember him though. I, like, I, I remember him being my crush. Well, I just, like, <laughs> he's kind of like, a different he's movie. a little bit like side eye, and there's like a cute monkey. Yeah, I, or it was like a monkey that was. I, I, I'm gonna look it up, you guys. That's Simon Amanda. Yeah. We're, doing we're, 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 gonna, we're gonna have to look now. Now we're all gonna have to look it up. Um, Surprise and do it. Let's let. <laughs> now go ahead and do yours. Let me look it up. No way. I, I, we're all looking it up, guys. <laughs> and he also was like, let's not forget he was he was a guest star in Veronica Mars. <laughs> Don't forget that. There was like a there's a movie. You guys. Oh no! I think you're thinking you of find it? Wild, and that is not. That's yeah, not Jonathan no Taylor. You know, you know. Yes. I think I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Of, say that movie again. Say that. Let me look it up real quick. Born to be Born wild. to be wild. No, that's a. Large... That's not him. That's not him. No, no, no. I'll no. be home for Christmas. <laughs> wild America. That's him. That's him. Um, I don't remember. Wild America had those... I need to remind you guys that you're serious entertainment journalist. <laughs> oh wait, it was born. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, it wasn't born to be wild because it was a small monkey. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyways. Okay. Well, Let's cut. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. In the comments, ever in a movie with a monkey? Let's, let's just cut that off. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 that's gonna bother us. Anyways, um, okay. So, uh, Rachel, would you rather never get angry or never be envious ever again? You guys are good at this. You guys are good at questions. Um, that was my 
amazing English for you right now. That's a good question. Okay. Well, I think I think I mean, well, it I'm gonna say envious because I just don't get angry very often. Like I could get angry more often and it would be good for me. That's just a me personally answer. So I'll I'll take what is envious for two hundred. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, that's a what good. What about you? Yeah. What would you say? That's hard. Oh my, god. I would say envious too because I think anger you could work through. Mm. Envious kind of like uh, sticks around a, a lot. Yeah, it right? does fade though. Like I remember feeling that way in such big ways when I was a kid, and I see it in my kids. And luckily, it does. It drops off. Like yeah, and, and, I think envy is of envy. Like it's very true. Yeah, anger kind of, it, it will stay and it will resonate, but envy is kind of messes with your mind Agreed. and kind of questions your self-worth. So, oh my God, yeah. And what about you, Amanda? Anger or envy? Um, well, I mean, I would rather never get angry. I think envious too, because I think envious does does more to somebody. Like, it, like, like anger is something I feel like comes and goes. I feel like envious really like, like messes with your, your, your yeah. spirit. Like it messes with your psyche. Yeah, and um, anger can be justified as long yeah. as you want a technicality. Yeah, like yeah. If people didn't anger, get mad. Yeah, change, and then right? anger is like pleading. Uh, so okay, what show or shows have you been obsessed with lately? Oh, I watch. Um, okay, I'm a bad actor in the sense that. Hey, don't take that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I get. I get what you're saying. <laughs> um. No, I would say I'm an irresponsible um, member of the acting community in the sense that I watch a lot of reality TV. Me too. That's fine. What, 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 what's, what's your top? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys, all of the 90 days, I say. <laughs> I have put in way more than 90 days. Oh I have all the K1 visas in my heart and brain of these people. Oh did God. you see the there was one that was just on with this like older woman and this african guy like i was, oh, I was yes rolling. <laughs> Maybe girl Lisa. yeah and then she like moved to africa with it was so funny there's so many memes and stuff that came out of that <laughs> oh my god, oh my yes. god. lisa is such a pill she's <laughs> she looks like she fell off a cigarette truck <laughs> and he is just such a dear i love usman the guy i'm dating actually got me a cameo from usman it was the best oh, nice. thing ever Oh, that's dope. I've watched what? it maybe a thousand times. I think it's interesting. I haven't watched 90 Day Fiance because I'm scared because that I will I will fall into a pit and never come out. You know what that's I mean? Totally justified. You should not do yeah. What are you guys watching? What should I be watching? I'm I'm rewatching Drag Race because that's what that's <laughs> you me. You watch Drag Race I, all the time. And then watch, lately during qu during quarantine or during this lockdown, it's been nonstop. Like when quarantine started, they were ending season 12. Right after season 12, they had All-Stars, like uh, All-Star season five. Yes. Right after All-Star season five, they had Canada's Drag Race. And Canada's Drag Race is going on right now at the same time as RuPaul's Vegas review is happening. So yes. there's just so much drag that I'm I'm fine. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of the I do a lot of the housewives, and then I do like the 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 real real estate ones, like the uh, selling, selling sunset. sunset. Uh, yeah. Or, <laughs> oh, everyone's watching that. Should I be watching that, or is that another pit I shouldn't it's fall drama. into? Drama. It's there's a lot of drama. I mean, mm -hmm. I I would watch it. I thought it was interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of like 
meaningless drama <laughs> like most, <laughs> you know, most oh. really are. Okay, well, Rachel, our final question that we asked, this isn't a hard one. Hopefully okay, it's not yeah. hard. Um, we ask this to all our guests. Is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, writer, producer, creator, that is not in the mainstream that you think people need to know about and deserves more recognition from, uh, the, uh, from Hollywood? Oh, my goodness. Let me think. Okay. Um, shoot. Okay, you guys, like, ugh. I did see this on a list of questions and I thought, <laughs> myself, I thought to myself, who, who do we shout out? Who does everyone uh, need to know about? I guess. Or even people you've worked with, you know, that you think deserves more love. Let me think. Um, let me see. He's somebody who is deeply beloved, but I don't think that people know his name and i would just love it if they said if they didn't say hey you're damien from mean girls if they said hey that's danny francesi mm. i sweet love danny francesi he's one of my favorite humans mm -hmm. on this planet and i've been out with him a million times and people go damien 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 i'm like his name is Daniel Francesi, one of the most <laughs> gifted actors of our goddamn time. <laughs> we better recognize that. Is and name. he's such, and he's such a good advocate. I, I love oh what he God. does. The yeah. Most incredible, like his work with the Elizabeth Taylor uh, Foundation, mm -hmm. his foundation, and how outspoken he's been about bullying and about finding his own voice. He's moving into directing now. He's oh, that's dope. the first um, all gay cast horror movie. <gasps> and, so excited. Yeah. Oh my God. He's going to mm. crush it. And so yeah. I don't think that he, I, is he underrepresented? I don't know, but. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, you're right. Yeah. Just the fact that people. In the Midwest. <laughs> Yeah. I love how, like, you say when people call him Damien, you're like, oh, no, his name is Daniel. His name is Daniel Francesi. And yes, that's an iconic part. Yeah. Um, you know. But, but he does so much more. And oh yeah, I, I, I've moderated panels with him. And he, he, he it, I just love what, like, kind of his energy and how, how he's just so, like, body positive and just very an advocate for the queer community and yeah that's a good answer one thousand percent i i love him and had to like you know like hide his sexuality for so long for fear mm -hmm. of not being cast you know yeah. the movie that i met him on he wasn't able to you know speak and live his truth on because he was concerned about what the director might think and that he might not oh my God. And that is insane to me yeah you know what i mean and i uh yeah, I want to be Danny when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much. For thank you guys yes. so much. I am this was a great so conversation. Oh, I had so much fun talking to you. You it too, for great. real. Thank you guys for all you've done for our little movie. And yeah, it's out on Friday. Oh, no, 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 tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Friday, tomorrow. <laughs> Does it come out? Is it come out tomorrow, or like tomorrow midnight? Or, or is no, it like tomorrow? Like, so like today, midnight? On the third, it's coming out. On the third. Okay, do you know you and me are those people who have missed yeah. lunch <laughs> I'm always confused about the midnight thing. When you say this comes, but, but it's, anyways, it's tomorrow. It comes out at like three a.m. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like 
today. I, don't yeah. I get confused. I'm bad at like time math, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, me too. If something starts at midnight and you tell me, oh, it's, you know, this, I'm like, I'm still thinking that day, the same day. It's, yeah. So. <laughs> the so. next day isn't real. Like the next day doesn't happen until I wake up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yes. if I sleep and yeah, but yeah. But yeah, love guaranteed. Rachel, you are so iconic. Thank you so much for Thank you so us. much, you guys. This is Thank great. You. I love this conversation. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.